Good evening, Lafayette. It's Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Glad to be with y'all today on this Mardi Gras. Man, it's felt great all day today. Glad to have enjoyed the beautiful weather. Hope you guys have been enjoying the parades and everything like that. And I hope that you have had your adult beverages in moderation because, as you know, tomorrow is going to be a day of fasting, penance, and for some folks, possibly just regret for their overconsumption on Fat Tuesday. But, but... The show does go on, and I do mean that here for the Joe Cunningham Show. It is Mardi Gras. Those of you who are here with us, you can be part of the conversation. Send your message to the KPEL app chat. Let your voice be heard here on the Joe Cunningham Show. So last night, Jon Stewart made his triumphant return back to The Daily Show. Uh, the Daily Show had existed before Jon Stewart, but it really became well known for its uh, political commentary under Jon Stewart. Millennials like me, our news coverage primarily came from Jon Stewart and Comedy Central, which uh, actually probably explains a lot of what's going on with the country right now. Um, and... I think it's very interesting that while a lot of folks on the right really hold Jon Stewart responsible for the political discourse of the day because people went to a comedian and a comedy show for their political commentary instead of, you know, political commentators, I think it's interesting that today the response to Jon Stewart kicking off the show is uh, very much... uh, Anger from the left, and it's because largely his opening monologue. I want you to to listen to what John Stewart is saying here. These two candidates, they are both similarly challenged, and it is not crazy to think that the oldest people in the history of the country to ever run for president might have some of these challenges. Now, Democrats will say that any criticism like this, especially of Biden, is unfair. Because you just don't know Biden like they know Biden. President Biden, who I've been around uh, numerous times just in this last year, is sharp. He's focused. He's bright. He is sharp, intensely probing, and detail-oriented and focused. This is a man who is sharp, who is on top of his game, who knows what's going on. He's smart. He's on his game. I was in almost every meeting with the president, and the president was in front of and on top of it all, coordinating and directing leaders who are in charge of America's national security, not to mention our allies around the globe. Did anyone film that? (laughs) Because if you're... If you're telling us behind the scenes he is sharp and full of energy and on top of it and really in control and leading, you should film that. <laughs> that would be good to show to people <laughs> instead of a TikTok where he goes, cookie. <laughs> he he'll he goes on to call him the chocolate chip cookie guy, makes fun of that whole TikTok thing. He also goes into Trump and Trump's age, uh, which uh, is fair as well. Uh, Republicans are going to have to deal with the fact that 
they're running another old guy as well. Now, Donald Trump is clearly sharper than Joe Biden. He has had some verbal missteps while on the stage. But the thing is, Donald Trump's verbal missteps when he's like he confused Nikki Haley and Nancy Pelosi not too long ago. uh, Donald Trump's missteps come from his unscripted comments. Joe Biden screws up the scripted comments. And that's a pretty big difference. And the other thing right now, and it's the news, it's kind of the news of the day, economically speaking, inflation is hotter than economists expected it would be. They expected the inflation rate would go down to 2.9% year over year. Instead, it's at 3.1%. It's hotter than they were expecting. Prices rose in some areas, particularly Food prices. The economy's still not doing great. People still still feel very nervous about the economy. You have folks like Paul Krugman and 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 these other liberal economists, these other liberal commentators, the folks in the Biden administration. They're talking about macroeconomics. They're talking about the big economic picture. The country is doing great jobs, wages, inflation. They're, they're talking about all of that. They're talking about the macro, the large, the, the zoom out. But when you look at the zoom in, what do you see? You have, I've mentioned them before, the kitchen table issues, the things that are really bothering Americans right now. Prices at the grocery store, the price of gas at times. The price of general energy costs, the fact that right now, because interest rates are so high, people who may have been looking for a home might be priced out of getting a home right now. And all these other microeconomic issues, these kitchen table issues that are bothering Americans day to day. And yes, we can say that Donald Trump has had some verbal missteps. And yes, we can say that Donald Trump may be a guy who personally they don't like. He, they, people will describe him in all sorts of ways to, to talk about how much they don't like him, his character, everything like that. But Americans remember that before 2021 and before COVID-19 in 2020, they were doing really well. Americans were doing really, really, really well. And yes, from the macroeconomic perspective, it's arguable that Americans, by and large, are doing better than they were under Donald Trump. But on the, mac- on the microeconomic scale, Americans sure as hell don't feel like they're doing better. They're feeling a lot more nervous. And there are conditions that are very much problematic for American voters. They don't feel like they're doing better right now. You can say that America's doing better right now. Americans don't feel it. And it doesn't matter what the facts are. If you're out there telling Americans, don't believe your grocery bills, don't believe your gut on this, don't believe what you're seeing with your own eyes in terms of your grocery bills, expenses and things like that, you're actually doing way better than what you think. That's going to be a turnoff to voters. 
that's going to turn voters off. That's going to make them think, I, I, I'm not comfortable with you telling me this. And they don't feel comfortable. They don't feel comfortable with the economy right now. And they don't feel comfortable that the economy is being effectively run by a senile old man who screws up prepared remarks, who forgets world leaders and misattributes world leaders and basically is talking to dead people by saying that he met recently with a guy who's been dead for 20 years. And that's what Democrats are failing to understand in all this. And that's why when guys like Bill Maurer and John Stewart, who are of the left, who are very clearly liberals, say these sorts of things, it freaks the Democrats out. It freaks out the pundits. It freaks out the Democrats publicly. But privately, they're all acknowledging it's a severe problem that they have. And going back to what I said yesterday, it's not as easy as Joe Biden just walking off into the sunset. Joe Biden is already winning delegates. The way the system is set up, he can't just walk off. He has delegates. He is a presidential candidate. Right now, he is the leading presidential candidate for the Democratic Party. When it comes time to go to the convention, he has to be there to release those candidates. And he has to be there to hopefully guide them in the direction that he wants. Not what the Democratic Party wants, but what he wants. It's a far more complex situation for the Democratic Party than simply ignoring his age, ignoring the microeconomics, ignoring uh, the fact that there are possibly better options for Democrats out there. The reality of the situation is Joe Biden's not going anywhere unless he decides to. And even if he does, he's still going to be the guiding hand that figures out who the next candidate's going to be. And despite all of that, that's just to get to the Democrats' nominee for 2024. That still has nothing to do with what Americans really want. Because Americans really, really, really want something different than what we've got. Now, their choices appear to be Donald Trump or Joe Biden. In 2020, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. They beat the 49ers. We had a contest between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. The only thing missing now is another pandemic. Hope to God we don't have that. But things are lining up exactly the same as they were, except those two presidential candidates are flipped. The incumbent is still deeply unpopular, but this time it's Joe Biden. And the other guy is Donald Trump. And the difference, the other difference there is that people remember that when Donald Trump was in office, they were doing better. They can look back at receipts. They can look back and remember when their pantries were just a little bit fuller, when the price of meat wasn't so high when their wages were enough to buy the essentials. And they're not getting that right now. 
and it's freaking them out. And they're looking for something different, which is why there's a very real possibility that Joe Biden could lose to Donald Trump in 2024 this year. And the Democrats aren't ready to admit that yet, but they need to admit it very, very soon. All right, before we get out of here, I need to let you know that if you're in the market for a new roof, especially because we're, we're getting into winter, we're almost to spring, and before you know it, we're going to be in summer, and that's hurricane season. I want to tell you about RLB Construction. RLB Construction has been in business for years doing all sorts of construction work on homes. But right now is the time to reach out to Ron, who has over 25 years' experience in the business. Reach out to Ron at RLB Construction. Ask him to come out and take a look at the roof. Come take a look at your roof. Make sure it's prepared. And if not, see what he can do to secure your roof. Have a better roof. Have one that's prepared for any possible storm. You know, Louisiana's avoided storms for the last few years, but we can't always count on ourselves being so lucky. If there's a big storm that comes through this hurricane season, your house needs to be secured. You need to be prepared. And one of the best ways to do that is make sure that you have a roof that can stand up to a major storm. Call Ron at RLB Construction and for quality roofing and construction services. They can help you out. Let's take a break. We'll be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show. If you want to share your thoughts, do so through the KPL app chat. Just download the KPL app if you don't have it already. Use that little text message icon and send a message to the show. Let me know what you think. Take a break. Be back in a moment here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number. Or use that KPL app chat if you want to be part of the conversation. It's your 5 o'clock news cruise, and we would be uh, absolutely remiss if I didn't mention our 5 o'clock news cruise sponsors Service Chevrolet right around the corner at 1212 Ambassador Caffrey in Lafayette. Or check him out online at Service Chevrolet. I'm sorry, ServiceGM.com. Check him out. All of the inventory, the new and used vehicles, some of which they're getting more of every day. All of that's right there on the website. Go check out, see what they've got available. There's a deal waiting for you somewhere. You just got to go find it. But if you go to the lot, they can help you find it as well. Take some time out of your day. Head on over to Service Chevrolet. See what they can offer you. And it's not just new and used cars, but there is parts and service department, body shop, collision center, fine line, custom auto, the wash. They've got it all to meet your automotive needs. Find new roads with Service Chevrolet. Their family helping yours for the last 50 years here in Acadiana. They will be glad to help you as well. Check them out. 1212 Ambassador Caffrey and Lafayette or servicegm.com. All right, we're going to take a, a break. When we come back, I want to get into some more of the news of the day. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, the foreign aid bill that came out of the Senate, basically dead on arrival in the House, although there are some moves to try to do an in run around Congressman Mike Johnson, Speaker Mike Johnson. Uh, who last night basically said it, it's not going anywhere in the house. I want to get into that when we get back here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5, KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542 is the number, or use that KPL app chat to be part of the conversation. So last night, the Senate passed its... Uh, foreign aid bill, supplemental 
aid bill sends money to Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan. On the face of it, just on the face of it, I have no problem with the aid bill. I really don't. I know I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure I'm in the minority for a lot of Republicans right now. Uh, I think that we should be sending money overseas. But the problem, there, there's a couple issues with that. First of all, especially when it comes to Ukraine, the money is basically going in the form of a blank check. Spend the money however you want to. We've given you the aid. You use it how you see fit. The American money that's getting sent to Ukraine, we need to be able to track and make sure it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. I'm fine with helping to secure Ukraine against Russia. I'm fine even if Ukraine is guaranteed a loss. I'm fine with holding up Russia and making Russia use more resources to go after Ukraine and to just drain itself out. Russia has proven itself to really militarily be a paper tiger. And the more and more and more we expose that through Ukraine, I'm fine with that. I am fine with sending money to Israel. They are trying to wipe out a terrorist organization that has taken root in Gaza. That is the de facto, it's the government of Gaza. But Hamas is a terror organization that isn't just turning its sights on Israel, but also would love to turn its sights on the U.S. as well for backing Israel. And I believe that we should be sending money and foreign aid to Taiwan. I believe all of that. Taiwan is going to, before too long, come under invasion from China. I think we're pretty much sure of that at this point. It's only a matter of time. U.S. military forces, U.S. commanders, U.S. strategists, everybody is pretty sure, pretty confident that the Chinese are going to invade. Taiwan. We do need to aid these areas. It is in U.S. national interest to do so. The problem is that our own border is not secured. And I am also on board with the conservatives, the fiscal conservatives who are saying stop spending money on foreign borders when we need to secure our own. The Democrats are shouting, oh, well, we tried to secure them. You you didn't say you blah, 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 blah. We, we offer this. No. You didn't offer to secure the border. You offered to expedite the asylum process. That's not what we're looking for. That's not what conservatives are looking for. Let's be intellectually honest here. Foreign aid is a drop in the bucket compared to what we spend on everything else. But the problem is the everything else is sending America into bankruptcy so we can't afford the foreign aid. We really can't afford the foreign aid at a time when our own country is having to spend infinite resources on problems caused by an open border, by lax government uh, enforcing its own laws. Uh, we can't afford a lot of these things right now. We don't have the luxury of securing our interests abroad when we can't secure our interests at home. And it's costing us trillions, not billions, trillions of dollars. So the Senate was working on this supplemental aid bill. It was a bipartisan aid bill. But House Speaker Mike Johnson of Louisiana last night said in a statement that House Republicans were crystal clear from the beginning of discussions that any so-called national security supplemental legislation must recognize that national security begins at our own border. 
The House acted 10 months ago to help enact transformative policy change by passing the Secure Our Border Act. And since then, including today, the Senate has failed to meet that moment. The Senate did the right thing last week by rejecting the Ukraine-Taiwan-Gaza-Israel immigration legislation due to its insufficient border provisions. And it should have gone back to the drawing board to amend the current bill to include real border security provisions that would actually help end the ongoing catastrophe. Instead, the Senate's foreign aid bill is silent on the most pressing issue facing our country. The mandate of national security supplemental legislation was to secure America's own border before sending additional foreign aid around the world. It is what the American people demand and deserve. Now, in the absence of having received any single border policy change from the Senate, the House will have to continue to work on its own will on these important matters. America deserves better than the Senate status quo. That's a lot of words, but at the very end of the day, what he has said is this is dead on arrival in the House. We're not bringing this up for a vote in the House. Now, there are some congressmen behind the scenes wanting to go and, and, and launch a discharge petition, which is basically um, it, it's a vote by all House members. It's a petition. You get enough House members to 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 sign this petition. It can force legislation onto the floor. And to be quite honest with you, if it gets to the floor, it probably passes. I think even House Freedom Caucus members are admitting that a foreign supplemental aid package, if it gets to the House floor, is going to pass. The Democrats will vote for it. There are several hawkish Republicans who will vote for it. Um, It would pass. It would have a majority of votes to get there. But conservatives are absolutely right to reject the supplemental aid bill when there is no movement whatsoever on securing the border. Not moving uh, asylum uh, asylum claims and everything, not moving that infrastructure to the border and just helping process people more, shutting it down completely. That's what the Republicans want. That's what conservatives want. That's what the American people really want. You look at the poll numbers, the American people are very clear. What they want is to shut down the border and stop this crisis at the border. The polling looks abysmal for Joe Biden and the Democrats on the immigration issue. And like I said before, it's not an immigration crisis. And that's how the Democrats are framing. That's how some people on the Republican side are framing it. It's a national security crisis, which is why Mike Johnson is right on this and why the folks who have been screaming out in the Senate are right on this. And we have to do a better job of securing our own country. But the Democrats aren't on board with that. They like the chaos in a Republican state. They like more people potentially coming over that they can eventually grant voting access to. But it's causing a lot of turmoil amongst voters. And the Democrats are sacrificing their popularity with voters to try to achieve this goal of having just all these other people in the country. I think it's going to blow up in their faces, too. I really do. The Democrats are struggling right now to make inroads in minority communities, and that includes the Hispanic community. And a lot of it comes down to Hispanic families who have been here for generations, who fled their their families, their, their grandmothers, grandfathers, great-grandmothers, great-grandfathers. They fled their country in Mexico and Central America and South America, they fled their countries to come to the U.S. 
went through the immigration process, finally got through, only to turn around and see the Democratic Party is allowing people to literally hop the fence and come on over and be, and be treated like citizens. And that's unacceptable to those families, and Hispanic voters are tired of it. They're tired of the economic uncertainty. Their families came here because of economic uncertainty back home, and now the Democrats are creating economic uncertainty and letting people jump the line on immigration. It is turning immigrant families and their descendants off. But they are so convinced that if they just let all these people in, things will be just dandy. And it's not going to be. They've really put themselves in a bind on this. So the Senate's passed their supplemental aid bill. There's a movement to get a discharge petition to bring that aid bill to the floor. Mike Johnson is very adamant he's not bringing it to the floor. And we do need to push back against it. And I really hope that there are enough people out there who are bringing themselves uh, forward and opposing this and talking to their congressmen and talking to their and making their voices heard. Y'all, there's not enough flooding of emails and numbers in Washington, D.C. anymore. It needs to it needs to happen a lot more for people to finally understand. Now, here in South Louisiana, you've got Clay Higgins. I mean, there's no way that he's going to let this go through. He's pretty solidly on board with it. But in some places around the country, there are Republicans who are on the fence. Or not even Republicans who are on the fence, and I'm not talking about rhinos or anything like that. I'm talking about people who are trying to weigh the conservatism, the fiscal conservatism, with that natural conservative hawkishness on the world stage. Okay? These... This is an ideology. Conservatism, when it comes to foreign policy, is an ideology that promotes America first, not just at home, but abroad. And securing our country abroad means making sure that our friends and allies are protected and that our enemies aren't allowed to expand and grow more powerful and threaten U.S. security. Because if they can grow overseas, they can extend their influence, extend their reach, extend their totalitarian state. They're going to turn around and disrupt U.S. security. And so we do need to understand that this foreign aid and stuff like that is very much necessary. But at the end of the day, our own home security has to come first. And that's the problem that the hawkish conservatives have. But Republicans need to get on board with the idea that we need to secure at home first. And if that's in, if Republicans stand united, and talk about securing the border and shut down the border and push that legislation say, hey, here's all the aid you could want for Ukraine, but we're shutting down the border. And every Republican in the House gets on board with that. And every Republican in the Senate gets on board with that. You'll actually find Democrats who will come over and vote for that, too, because they understand the importance. They won't say it out loud. They won't buck their party too loud or too noticeably, but they, they'll come on over for that. And that's what Republicans need to focus on. All right, let's take a break. We're going to wrap up the show in just a moment. It's the Joe Cunningham Show on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Stick around. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. You can send your message, let your voice be heard on the KPL app chat. Hey, if you're looking for a new dentist, 
I highly recommend my friends over at Dr. Danielle Deku's office. Dr. Danielle Deku and Associates. Find them online at thelafayettedentist.com. They they are just so wonderful. It's such a pleasant atmosphere to walk into. They get you checked in quickly. They get you into a chair as quickly as possible. Next thing you know, you're done. There's no fuss, no muss, no stress in dealing with a doctor's appointment at Dr. Danielle Deku's office. The best part, if you need a good bit of work done, sometimes that work can start on day one. The day you go in for your consultation, they can already start what you need. Sometimes it might take a little bit longer. For me, it took a couple appointments to get things uh, done, but once it was done, I've had no problems since. Went in for some toothaches, turned out I'm grinding my teeth at night. They were able to recommend uh, a mouthpiece at night, something that I'm not going to struggle with because, again, the sleep apnea is just a killer on that, but something comfortable, something easy to use, stops me from grinding my teeth at night, and they took a look, said, hey, your fillings are leaking. We can do that in a couple of, of appointments. Took care of it two appointments later. I was done. It's that simple. Go check them out. TheLafayetteDentist.com. Dr. Danielle Deku and Associates. Highly recommend my dentist. If you're looking for a dentist, if it's been a while, whatever the case may be, go check them out. TheLafayetteDentist.com. All right. I hope you guys have had a fantastic Mardi Gras. It's, uh, it's been a beautiful day. Things get a little bit warmer later this week. End of the week, it looks like a little rain may come in over the weekend, but that's fine because it's going to be nice and beautiful again next week. We're kind of in this pattern of beautiful weeks, rainy weekends, back and forth, back and forth. Hope you guys have a great day. See you tomorrow. Happy Ash Wednesday coming up tomorrow. Hope you guys are ready to uh, fast and have your penance and just generally try to recover from the debauchery of today. Have a good one. Talk to you again soon. It's the Joe Cunningham Show on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham. Facebook.com uh, slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email joe at redstate.com. The podcast version of this show is going live like right now. So you can check it out as well. You can get it at Substack. Substack.com. Look for the Joe Cunningham Show there. Or if you have a subscription through Spotify, Apple, wherever, make sure that you also leave a rating and a review. Have a great day. See you tomorrow on News Talk 96.5 KPL.